Are you totally different when it comes to sex and copulation? Have you judged yourself out of receiving pleasure? Have you judged yourself into receiving pleasure in certain ways and excluded other ways? Would you like to know more about what else is possible with bodies? Would you like to create confidence in the bedroom and beyond? How is your sex life or lack of it affected other areas of your life? Everyone has the potency to be a sexual superhero. Get ready Ready to listen, sense, and play with the sexualness that is you. Now, here is the host of The Pleasure Zone, pleasure diva and body whisperer, Milica Yelenich. Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Pleasure Zone. I got to grooving away to the song, and I was like, oh, wait, yes, it's my show. Start talking any second now. Kind of love when I'm just like chilling out going, this, I like the song. I like the groovy Middle Eastern feel to it. Um, just such dork. How's it get any more funnier than that? So I want to welcome you guys to this show tonight. Um, if you're brand new to this show, how cool are you for choosing to listen to The Future of Sex? There are over 150 shows in my archives. And actually, if you listen to... Um, this show, you'll you'll notice that it's actually connected to a network called Inspire Choices Network that has many different shows on it, um, all kinds of topics, all kinds of titles, all kinds of speakers. So, you know, check out Inspire Choices Network. Um, go on there, just listen to a bunch of stuff. You know, um, I think you can also go into iTunes for all of the shows and. Um, get them there too and uh, like them we love when you like and comment on them it's super fun share them all over the place have fun with that we love it so it's been a blast um, actually with all these shows I'm I'm so grateful that I've had um, the opportunity to to actually have a show like this to speak to everyone um, and it's like three and a half years in almost it's crazy um, just thinking about my very first show when I was like r- really scared and it was really funny because you could hear it in my voice. I'm actually going to go back and listen to it um, again because it was it's really funny to me to like do a comparative like where were where was I three years ago and where will I be three years in the future? That's my segue to sex in the future. Looking sometimes we look to the past actually, thinking that everything that we're creating will actually be based on something from our past. And I'm just wondering what else we can create on the planet for sex and bodies. We did a show a few weeks ago, actually, my friend uh, Jonathan and I were talking about um, the future of sex, like mechanical. We weren't talking so much about the future of sex as, as just that general topic. We were actually talking about mechanical sex, parts one and two. Um, we were talking about devices and robots and all kinds of stuff. And it is it's really an interesting topic because most most places when you go to look online and you type in say future of sex, um, I suppose your cookies are maybe different than mine, but the first few things in my my Google search come up with robots or the change in intimacy over the years. And I think those are some of the most obvious ones um, that are out there. And I will talk a little bit about that today and what what I perceive that, uh, how that affects uh, us, our bodies, and all kinds of things in our lives in the future. 
Um, I have a few things I'd like to talk about actually today, so hopefully I get to touch on all of them. One of the things that I would also like to talk about is hormone changes, um, especially over the last century and how that affects our bodies as well on our sex drives. Um, and I'm also curious about the creativity with sex in the future. If you look at sex over the last few hundred years, um, there have been times historically where sex has become very repressed, so people actually get really creative with ways to have sex where nobody will even notice. They create fetishes around things so that they, say, maybe even see um, wrists or ankles and get very turned on by that. It's a very Victorian kind of fetish. And there's also, um, you know, the whole idea of apocalypses going on, you know, if you're if you're about zombie apocalypses or anything like that. You know, what would occur if there was an apocalypse and what, what would occur for sex? I don't know if you guys watch anything on Netflix or not, but I do love a good post-apocalyptic show. Um, there's one called The 100, which I love all things about post-apocalypses and possible things in the future. Uh, and I also love shows about, like, aliens. So there are a few. There is another one, and I can't remember the name of it right now. There's the 100, but there's another one I watched. Uh, it was a great series, um, and it was very interesting about different alien cultures surviving on Earth after it's been terraformed by um, these terraforming uh, robotic sort of devices. And um, there's been like brand new Earth grown as a terraform over top of uh, the Earth that we have now. So over top of entire cities, they there are new um, there are new like land formations. So the mountains aren't necessarily as high as they were, but there'll be new grass and all kinds of new stuff. Fascinating and. In that particular show, and I'll have to ask, um, I'll have to ask Mike what that was. It was a great series. I think we actually bought it because we, Defiance, that's great. I'm so glad that I can like look over onto our, uh, to our movie shelf and see Defiance. Um, so Defiance is another one that's more like a post apocalyptic show where I love that perception, um, in the, in that show about, uh, sex and the different cultures all coexisting. Um, there's one culture in that uh, is an alien race that they all are naked together and bathe together as a family. Um, and it's quite insulting that if you don't actually bathe together as a family. Um, so, you know, adult children will be bathing with their adult parents fully naked. They might wear a few gems around their nipples um, and they have this bath in this family bath like four or five times a day and will actually have like sex wherever, whenever. Um, and then they're living, you know, near other cultures that are like the exact opposite um, who are very repressed. It's just a fascinating look at how, to me, how all of these actually do exist in our society. But when you throw alien faces and alien races on them, somehow it becomes more um, identifiable. Like, oh, that's a different culture, a different person. Oh, okay. Well, that's because they're aliens. It's not It's not because they have a fish for bathing together in their house or something. I don't know. Um, I like bathing alone. It's like the one time I get to actually have space of my own um, because 
my house always feels full, even when it's only me. Um, even the bath, actually. So I don't know what I'm talking about. My house, generally, it's feeling always full. So, yeah, post-apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic situations fascinate me. So I'll probably touch a little bit about on that, too. I'm also curious about what you think the... Um, the world of sex will be like in a hundred or five hundred or a thousand years, um, and it's a curiosity to me. So I will kind of do like a little reading on that um, at some point in this show as well. Uh, literally, I mean like I will kind of channel that and see what I get. Uh, so kind of a bit of a reading. And in the meantime, I'm going to start off with talking about the hormones because on a physiological level, things that have and have been occurring over the last century that have changed our bodies dynamically, even though it's not obvious on the physical front, maybe. Like when you look at a body now and you look at a body from 1920 or 1915 or whatever, Generally, you know, you have all the same body parts, right? You've got the same facial features, essentially. Height is pretty much the same as it was. There hasn't been a lot of change. Maybe our teeth are better because we have better hygiene, possibly. Um, And we might live a little longer just because we have things like um, medical interventions that can go on. You know, you can have your gangrenous leg chopped off easier than hacking it off with a saw that leads to more infection. We have options. So other than that, I think what I'd like to talk about on the more subtle level is the hormones, which are actually what control every single part of our body. We don't just have three hormones. We don't just have, you know, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone. You know, we just have those ones that create our bodies as um, creating, like, sexual features. We don't... There are so many more. There are ones that create hair. There are ones that control your thyroid. There are ones that control skin growth. Like hormones, without them, we literally fall apart and die. They are like little, um, how can I describe them? Let's just say they're kind of like little messenger machines that explain to your body how to function. So, so. Hormones are a phenomenal thing. And when I talk about the hormones changing over the years, I'm actually talking about all hormones. Um, I I did look up online to see what some researchers had to say about that. And they are agreeing that progesterone, testosterone, and estrogen have gone up over the last century quite quite a lot. Um, It's something that we can see. Uh, one way that we can see it is the age of puberty has gotten lower on average. Um, although even in the early, you know, the 1900s, there were still girls hitting puberty at the age of nine. Um, it was really rare to find children who were hitting puberty at the age of six. And now we're finding there are girls hitting puberty at the age of six. Actually, there was a girl in my daughter's grade one class who hit puberty at the age of six. So, and why is that? What is going on in our bodies? Uh, What have we added or taken away from our bodies that is making our bodies go um, maturing faster? So if it's maturing faster, they're also aging faster, which is hilarious in a time when we're actually looking at all things anti-aging, right? Yet somehow our bodies have these hormones that are actually creating... um, age or age effects 
aging effects in them way faster. So there there are things going on and I can get, you know, probably get a lot of people like wanting to stab me over this, but that's cool. We're going to go there. So there are a lot of things going on in our foods. And if you guys have not watched anything about food production um, and it scares the poop out of you to watch these things about food production, then don't watch them. Go about your merry way. Ignore what's going on on the planet. Ignore what's going on with your food. Uh, and just keep eating it. You know, that's your choice. I I like to know what's going on. Um, I'm curious. You know, I'll watch documentaries about what we'll say that is going on and it's not going on, whatever. Um, you know, I like to look at all sides of it. And, and then I, from that, I decipher what is true for me. So for about the last 23 years or so, my body chooses to be primarily a vegetarian. By primarily, I say there has been the rarest uh, occasion where I have, say, eaten something that wasn't totally vegetarian probably in the last 20 years. So why I'm saying this is because even 20 over 20 years ago, I was aware that there was something going on in the food. Actually, one day, I it was pork that, that woke me up. One day I was, uh, I think I was cooking pork in university, yep. I was like in my first year, second year university and I was cooking pork and there was a very distinct smell coming off of it. It wasn't rotten. It was this very strange chemical smell. And I was like, what the hell? And I thought, okay, well, maybe it's just where it was manufactured or the plastic it was in or I don't know. Okay, whatever. I ate it. I was hungry. I was in university. I ate it. Um, you know, and then I found I was, you know, visiting family, same thing. This pork had this weird smell. And this pork consistently kept having this weird smell after that, or I became aware of it. And what um, what I did become aware of is, you know, and I really started to wonder about that. So I was gathering information from people and asking around, and I had friends who were willing to talk about it. Um and a lot of people were saying, well, you know what's going on with the animals. And I was like, well, I actually didn't really know what was going on with the animals. At the time, for about 12 years of my life, I ate animals and I didn't know what was going on with them. And what was going on is they were being shoved full of hormones. Well, where do those hormones go? You know, you're ingesting piles and piles of hormones. It's like ingesting piles and piles of medication. That those hormones, it's not that your body lacks them when you started taking them. Your Chances are your body had the correct level of hormones when you started taking them, when you started eating the food with hormones in it. And now it's possibly way high. Something to think about, right? Well, you can think about that as we head off to break. And when we come back, I'll talk a little bit more about hormones and a few other things that might be interesting about the future of sex after this break. 
Many of us have created a lot of limitations around sex and what we are willing to choose. What else is possible beyond what we have already seen, heard, or thought of? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual revolution? Taking the taboo out of all aspects of sex, sexuality, and copulation by tuning in to the Pleasure Zone radio show with body whisperer Milica Yelenich. You'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for the Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. What if there's nothing wrong with you? What if you're far greater than you've ever given yourself credit for? What if it's time to know the gift and the contribution you are to the world and to like yourself a lot more? Hi, my name is Dane here. 13 years ago, I started to truly ask questions. Actually, I started to be the question and everything changed for me. Asking questions opens doors to infinite possibilities. And it's not about finding the answer. It's about being the question, always. What I'm inviting you to step into is something that Einstein, Marie Curie, Newton, Da Vinci, Gandhi, Picasso, and Aristotle all knew to be true. What if no question is too big or too small? What if anything is possible for you? What if together we could create a kinder, gentler, happier world? Is now the time? Go to beingyouclass.com and sign up for a free video series, My Gift to You. beingyouclass.com What if you, truly being you, are the gift and change this world requires? beingyouclass.com This is The Pleasure Zone with body whisperer Melissa Yelenich. To participate in the program today, please call in the U.S. Call 815-880-8255. That's T-A-L-K. Or Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email at MelissaYelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Pleasure Zone. I'm your host, Melitza Yelenich, and tonight the topic is the future of sex. Talking about the future, I'm creating a lot of things in the future, in this next upcoming little future. Um, for those of you who are interested, I have a bunch of classes coming up. I'll be having them up on my website really soon. Um, but if you'd like to know about them, you can go on my website and join my newsletter, uh, at uh, com. There's a little newsletter sign up there and I can just send you my latest uh, newsletter with all the updated classes. I've got ones in, um, I've got one called Becoming Fluent in Energy and it's about uh, pendulum work, playing with pendulums. I've got another one that's called, it's also Becoming Fluent in Energy and it's called Beyond Visualization. So I have some tricks and tools that are getting out of your getting the information out of your body so you can know it um play with it and change it faster and um i've got another one as well called uh fears phobias and anxiety where we're going to look at fears phobias and anxiety so all all of those are two letter um two letter <laughs> they are two class series and then i have another three part series coming up um that is a three-part 
becoming fluent in energy. Uh, everything is energy, right? So if we can become more fluent in energy, we can definitely have more awareness. And with that awareness, we can have choices that we might not have been aware we could have before. However, awareness doesn't always create choice, as my friend Dane here says, but it sometimes choice can create awareness. Well, most of the time. So... One of the um, things I'd like to talk about about the future is the future of our bodies because our bodies, as much as they physically don't look like they're changing so much as in we've got you know pretty much the same bodies that we've had for centuries. We haven't grown an extra eye that I'm aware of. In fact, we might have actually eliminated our third one uh, almost completely. Um, but, uh, you know, we haven't grown extra fingers for the most part unless you have an anomaly, which is cool. Um so when we look at the future of what's going on and what's going on on the planet, so we're looking at hormonal changes, environmental changes or something else that, that is occurring too. So some environmental changes that have been going on is that over the last century, we for the longest time did not have uh, electromagnetic fields that were that we were being bombarded with. Um, on levels that are like way above the human range. So we've had a lot of, um, you know, influences that are affecting our physiology with the hormones. They're affecting our cellular health with um, EMFs and radiation and um, different energies that our bodies didn't have for a really long time. For hundreds of years, our bodies did the the electromagnetic fields we were dealing with were actually pulsed fields because we were walking on the earth and the earth is magnetic and as you walk on the earth it actually pulsates the field that we did and we did it great and that was actually a contribution to our bodies um and still is and you can you can actually have sessions of pulsed electromagnetic field therapy i actually offer that in one of my offices um both of my offices one of them all the time, one of them whenever I choose to bring it. So there are options there for that as well. And so your bodies have these effects going on that are coming from external sources. So you've got also um, the energies coming off of TVs, dirty electricity in the houses. Um, you know, some people talk about that as all nonsense, but there is a huge number of people who have uh, electromagnetic, um, elect like low frequency allergies um, and high frequency allergies. They're different frequencies and they actually have reactions, they're physical reactions to these frequencies and their bodies don't know what to do with it. You know, you could try and take an allergy pill, but it's on such a different level that really an allergy pill is not going to help you with um, an electromagnetic frequency allergy. So, it, and those things affect your cells and your cell health. If it is affecting your cell health, what is it also going to affect? Like every part of your body. Your cells are every part of your body. They are what makes up your skin, your tissues, your organs, uh, you. They make up you. Your cells make up you. And they are actually um, electromagnetically charged. When they have a frequency coming at them that doesn't match them or health for those cells then those frequencies can be extremely damaging to cells. Now, there are frequencies that are available on the planet that can actually assist with and and start to 
um, assist the health of cells so they can become semi-permeable again, so they can become where they can actually absorb nutrients and oxygen, where they can assist your body in regenerating healthier, newer cells, right? So the, there's a cycle. They slough off and die and you get new cells. If if they slough off and die and, and your body's not functioning properly, no new cells get regenerated. But in place of that, often diseases uh, get in place, right? So there'll be diseased cells that are just decaying and falling apart and not absorbing nutrients and oxygen. So what can we do? Um we can actually start to change that, and there's so many ways to change it. Um, yeah, just check out my website. I have a lot of options on there. If that's something that's speaking to you and you'd like to know about it, I wasn't actually planning on going uh, on and on about that today, but I am very aware of it because I do work in the field, and I'm very aware of uh, people's sensitivities to EMFs, people's sensitivities to radiation. Um, they can get x-rays literally at the dentist and be sick for days. Why? Because they're highly, highly sensitive um, and almost uh, on the verge of allergic to x-rays. So, yeah, you might think it's a load of poo, but if it was your body, you might start to go, holy crap, I get it. I'm actually really, really aware. And why? Because your body is feeling that on a cellular level. And it's aware that those things are affecting your cells in a way that is not creating health for them. And if your cells aren't healthy and your hormones aren't functioning, how's your body functioning? Well, if we're living on a planet where we have more and more hormones being added to all of our food, so even being a vegetarian, you know, I'm going to end up with hormones and things like possible tofus and the poop that's spread all over my vegetables to grow them probably has hormones in it unless you're buying organic, right? So the chances are you're still getting the hormones somewhere, although once it's come out of the poop and out of the body, um, I'm not sure of the levels of it because I don't know if anybody's actually studied the poop of of animals who have been injected with hormones and how that affects our food. I don't know, but if there's a scientist out there that would like to do that, go for it. Um, and so when your bodies are not functioning uh, in a healthy way, what does that create for sex in the future? You know, if basically you're not functional, is your primary thought going to be having fun, playful pleasure? Uh, or is your primary thought and your primary function to actually function and stay alive? We have in our bodies like a, a setup system to have us stay alive. So it's that fight or flight system. It's what comes in, you know, in our bodies we have these, uh, so most of you have heard of the adrenals where the fight or flight uh, response comes from, but that that's not the only organ involved in that. Um, if you want to know more about that, listen to the Dr. Ron show. He's got lots of amazing stuff on uh, grizzly bears and two-year-olds about body function. Um, and he does talk a lot about uh, the fight-or-flight system because most of his show has to do with that, and it's, it's an amazing show. So please do have a listen. And so, but our primary function will be to survive. So your primary function will not be to have sex. So when your body is in survival mode, you know, the chances of you feeling really horny are pretty slim. You know, if you look at an animal, um, 
an animal, for example, let's look at rabbits. So rabbits, if they are in, um, and it's, say it's a summer and there's been drought or, you know, there's been something going on and there's not a lot of food. Um, or if there is a lot of food then, but there's, you know, there might be a drought in the spring when the rabbit babies will likely show up. The rabbits will actually not create babies. They're, even though people say, you know, talk about fucking like rabbits, rabbits will actually not do that in order to just survive themselves. And they know that if they, they don't actually bring babies into the world when there's going to be a drought. So for, you know, people who are wise to the ways, they'll actually watch the animals and see if they are reproducing. And if they're not, there's a pretty good chance that we're not going to have crops enough to sustain our bodies and their bodies. And so they just don't produce more bodies because they're more interesting in personal survival than they are in having sex or the pleasure of the sex that they might be getting. So we as humans, though, sometimes when we are more aware, we will choose survival um, and thrival over over pleasure. And I think there's a talk, there's just a show right there, and that is like survival over pleasure. And how many of us choose that? And there's there's actually functionality to that. It's not a stupid thing, um, like reproducing babies. I mean, if if you are, you know, if if everybody is doing something to prevent uh, pregnancy or whatever, and there's no pregnancy, well, then that's another story. But if you're um, having sex willy-nilly and the chances of your pregnancy are pretty high because you're not doing anything for prevention, then, you know, you stand risk of actually producing babies. And I look at a lot of people who are trying desperately to have babies, and the word desperately is, like, key there because there is a sense of desperation like clinging to and longing to as if it is life or death. And they've actually put their bodies into life or death mode. And so now they're on survival mode. I have to, I have to, or I'm going to die kind of situation. But their body doesn't know what it's trying to die or survive from. It's just trying to survive. So it goes, no, we're not producing a baby right now. You need to actually chill out and just live and thrive. Uh, so, you know, a lot of times, you know, um, pregnancy and fertility start to shift. Um, depends on what your priorities are. But if your body is in a trauma state and it's just trying to survive, um, you know, the chances of pregnancy actually can be lowered a lot. Because your body is not looking to produce babies um, when it's actually too stressed. So stress is a major factor for fertility. So you know even though you know we talk about uh sex and pleasure there is there is a real fundamental primary function of sex for reproduction so i think i think my friend thinks i'm channeling ron l hubbard right now l ron hubbard i i hope i'm not channeling ron l hubbard right now uh l ron hubbard i keep getting it mixed up um but there there is a <laughs> there is a primary function, which is to produce children. Like that's essentially what our bodies are doing. Um, most other animals are, you know, they're basically copulating for the sake of producing offspring. And when there's no offspring to be had, they don't copulate. We're not as smart. We will still copulate 
uh, we might end up with those babies even though we don't have the financial means or whatever. But our bodies, when they are ultimately very stressed, uh, will actually start to shut down their ability to produce children. So interesting stuff. So what does the future hold for us? If we've got now we've got stress levels going out the roof, we've got environmental factors going on, we've got hormonal factors going on. What else is possible? And we've also got some of the other external um influences that are occurring are technical, which we talked about on the mechanical sex shows as well. So if you want to listen to those, um, we did talk a bit about that on there. So what are we to do? What are we to do if all of this stuff is shutting down on us? Everything's changing in subtle and mysterious ways. What can we choose and what can we be that we can actually have pleasure of sex again, that we can actually enjoy sex in the future? Well, let's play with that and explore that when we come back from this break. Many of us have created a lot of limitations around sex and what we are willing to choose. What else is possible beyond what we have already seen, heard, or thought of? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual revolution? Taking the taboo out of all aspects of sex, sexuality, and copulation by tuning in to the Pleasure Zone radio show with body whisperer Milica Yelenich. You'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow your to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Melitza every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. What would you say if I told you that you could change your life in only one hour and all while lying down relaxing? Thousands of people all over the world have. What am I talking about? It's called Access Consciousness The Bars. The Bars is an energetic body process that contains 32 different points on your head that when run assist you in releasing decisions about any area of your life that you have made solid and as a result cannot change. The Bars is the first class in Access Consciousness, a dynamic set of tools and information designed to transform any area of your life. When you have a Bars session, the worst that can happen is you feel like you had a fantastic massage. The best thing that can happen is your whole life could change. Go to accessconsciousness.com today to find a facilitator to schedule a private session or to find a bars class in your area. Are you willing to give yourself an hour to change your life? This is The Pleasure Zone with body whisperer Melissa Yelenich. To participate in the program today, please call in the U.S. Call 815-880-8255. That's T-A-L-K. Or Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email at MelissaYelenich.com. Now back to the program. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Pleasure Zone. I'm your host, Melitza Jelanić, and today we're talking about the future of sex. Where is sex headed in the future? If you thought sex is just like the same throughout the centuries, um, all you have to really do is go online and Google, you know, hot 
sexy mama, big boobs, and wet crotch, and you'll find that there is sex at your fingertips, at your wet, gooey, sticky fingertips. There is sex right there, my friends. And that before in the last century was not that accessible. So when you have when you have access to sex, immediately, immediate gratification, um, if you require it, there's also a certain thing that's going to occur. So back in the day, back in the day, when people actually courted or when, you know, people had arranged marriages or when they uh, met, maybe fell in love or they knew um, from childhood, they just had a knowing who they were going to be partners with. Um, Back in those days, your body would actually have a buildup, a buildup of excitement and anticipation. And your body would, you know, what I remember, I didn't actually ever see a penis till I saw a penis live uh, when I was like 16 years old. Um, I might have seen my brothers in the bath as a kid, but I, it, just, it didn't dawn on me because I was always trying to make my own with soap and that just hurt my crotch. Um and so when, you know, that was a sideline. That was a complete sideline that threw me off remembering, uh, yes, I used to shove soap in my crotch so I could have a penis. Um, and in the future, what will we do? I don't think we'll be shoving soap in our crotches to make penises, but you never know. So when we're looking at the way we were, um, and what I was saying was when I was like 15 or 16, however old I was when I when I witnessed that first penis and it was like, wow, that's a penis. Um, just looking at a penis was like so exciting. Like it turned my body on. It got me going. It it actually created a rush in my body, which is all those hormones moving around. Um, and that influx of hormones can be almost like an orgasm unto itself. You get enough of them going in there and then you get all the after effects and you just feel like you're floating on a cloud from, excuse me, all those different um, hormones floating around. I just burped on my show for like the first time ever. 150 something shows in and I burped right on. So what else will I do in the future? We'll find out. And for those of you who, you know, you might've had similar experiences. Maybe you never, maybe you never actually saw, um, you know, a vulva or breasts like in your face until you were mature and dating somebody um for most of you over 40 that's probably the situation for a lot of you who are like 35 and under you've had access to the internet for like since you were teenagers so you've been looking at this stuff pretty much your whole life if you chose to so you might have seen you know vulvas and you know breasts and probably even anal sex before I even, you know, considered even knowing what anal sex was. And the thing is, like, when you look at through the centuries, there are people who have actually been married. And I say this because I actually have a story about this. Like, so my grandfather was a doctor. And he had friends who were doctors as well. And doctors sometimes share stories without naming names. Um but there was there was a couple who went to um there was a couple who 
who actually went to my grand. I'm pretty sure this is my one of my grandfather's stories. There was a couple who actually went to um, this doctor friend of his, and they were trying to get pregnant. And the doctor was like, okay, great. Well, we're just going to check and make sure everything's okay. So he went to go do a pap smear on the wife, and she was mortified. Um, she had never had anybody go near her vulva before. And the doctor was like, um, nobody's gone near this? Well, what about your husband? Oh, no, he didn't go near there. And all they had heard is, you sleep together. When you sleep together, you get pregnant. They'd been sleeping in the same bed, and they weren't understanding why they didn't get pregnant. Why? Because they did not have the information, insert A into B, um, and that may equal C in the end. They didn't know this. They literally didn't know this. Lack of information, lack of education, lack of you know curiosity, um, all these things, lacking. And if you have a little bit of curiosity, you might discover your own body um, and you might have a natural inkling that you might be like, hmm, what would it feel like if I put something there or shove something in there, me and my soap issues? And you might have this like curiosity to test things out and you might not. Um, and you might also like to be educated. So you might go researching these things. What does a vagina look like? What does labia look like? What does a clitoris look like? What does a penis look like? What do they do when they go together? If I touch this here, what happens? Um, curiosity, right? So this couple didn't choose curiosity. And I use them as an example because they truly came from a time where there was lacking information. And now we've got all this information at our fingertips, in our faces all the time. And what occurs is that, you know, seeing seeing a nipple and you see that, you know, you've seen 500 nipples, your body doesn't have the same reaction. It's, it's actually like, you know, um, when you watch enough uh, you know, violent scenes on movies, you, it's just like, eh, your body's just like, eh, whatever. It's it's already so on overdrive. It's already so overstimulated. It can't actually get more stimulated. It's like adrenal burnout from all the excitement. It's not having any peaks because it's on constant overdrive. So your body will actually get responses when 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 it's something new or curious or inviting to your body that's like, ooh, what is that? Ooh, there might be a new smell. And your body turns on. Your body is reacting to these different things. And we know that smells uh, affect hormones and hormone levels. They create relaxation and everything else. All those things are hormone-related. Um, and we know that. You know, we've known about aromatherapy for centuries that, you know, put a little lavender on your pillow and you'll probably relax. Um, and so those things can actually start to to allow your body to relax as well. You know, getting energy work done, having your bars run, um, having some Reiki, having some body work, um, going for some acupuncture or, you know, shiatsu or something. Like all of those things can allow your body to have more relaxation and ease. And then when the stimulation occurs, it can be more exciting. But if you're on only on overdrive and your body never has um, a time to actually relax, then it never actually can have a time where it can have that 
increase where it feels stimulated and excited. Um, and I think, you know, the more we can allow our bodies to have some off time from stimulation, the more that when the stimulation shows up, the more inviting and fun it can be. Um, if if you were actually in a situation where they have these rooms um, or they're kind of like, they're like tanks, right? Float tanks. And they're supposed to be like no um, outside uh, stimulation or whatever going on, uh, zero stimulation. And, you know, if you were in one of those for like five days, you know, um, being fed with a feeding tube and having, you know, a catheter tube and so you could pee out of there and you're just like floating for five days with no external stimulation, when you came out of that, everything would be like, wow so wow in your universe um you know and the first thing you saw would probably get your body excited right so sometimes pulling away from those things that are over overly stimulating getting your body on overdrive like pornography um can actually bring back your hormones but when we look at the future of sex and there's so much technology in the future that is being predicted um the chances of having um people choose relaxation i wonder like i wonder what what is possible for people to actually choose to receive relax and be at ease in order to allow your body to actually receive even more stimulation it's it's kind of ironic right receive and relax in order to have more stimulation and more excitement and bigger and better more fantastical orgasms sounds ironic and there's something about it that seems so very true and real for me. So I don't have a lot of time left. I'm just like jabbering on and on like a crazy person here tonight. And I'm grateful for you guys for listening and sticking in on this. Um, we're actually going to head to break. And when we come back, we're going to wrap up this show on the future of sex. Many of us have created a lot of limitations around sex and what we are willing to choose. What else is possible beyond what we have already seen, heard, or thought of? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual revolution? Taking the taboo out of all aspects of sex, sexuality, and copulation by tuning in to the Pleasure Zone radio show with body whisperer Milica Yelenich. You'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Melitza every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. What if there's nothing wrong with you? What if you're far greater than you've ever given yourself credit for? What if it's time to know the gift and the contribution you are to the world and to like yourself a lot more? Hi, my name is Dane here. 13 years ago, I started to truly ask questions. Actually, I started to be the question, and everything changed for me. Asking questions opens doors to infinite possibilities. And it's not about finding the answer. It's about being the question. Always. What I'm inviting you to step into is something that Einstein, Marie Curie, Newton, Da Vinci, Gandhi, Picasso, and Aristotle all knew to be true. What if no question is too big or too small? What if anything is possible for you? What if together we could create a kinder, gentler, happier world? Is now the time? Go to beingyouclass.com and sign up for a free video series, My Gift to You. 
beinguclass.com. What if you, truly being you, are the gift and change this world requires? beinguclass.com. This is The Pleasure Zone with body whisperer Melissa Yelenich. To participate in the program today, please call in the U.S. Call 815-880-8255. That's T-A-L-K. Or Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email at MelissaYelenich.com. Now back to the program. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Pleasure Zone. I'm your host, Amelia Cielanich, and tonight the topic is the future of sex. Where is sex headed? You know, are we still going to have a head in the future? I hope so, because that's one of my favorite things. And I hope I come back in a body that enjoys giving head. So, yay, head. So, what else is possible in the future? You know, if we're in a society where everybody's functioning with, you know, they're having... Um, sex with robots, you're using mechanical devices to please themselves. At what point do we actually become so disconnected from other human beings that we forget the basics of sex? You know, where where does it, where is the line that crosses, you know, we, at some point, we go from being able to relate to other people and then at another point, we go so far that we don't actually know how to relate to people, so we have to choose robots or we have to choose um, mechanical devices uh, or, you know, what are those called, like virtual reality situations in order to have uh, relationships with things that are not going to respond. They're not going to have outbreaks, not going to get crabby with you. I mean, it's a pretty ideal situation to have a robot girlfriend who's not going to yell at you. She's just going to lay there and take it. So for people who are looking to have um, just sex and no actual um, conversation or, or stuff come up or have a relationship in any way with another human being, choose a robot. Wicked. What option is out there? Um, and as I was uh, on our show about mechanical sex, we, we were actually talking about how there are like brothels in the U.S. with um, robots because that's legal because they're not people. And there's a, there's a lot of things you can get away with when you're using robots. I mean, you could have robot porn and it's a whole, it's a whole other ball game, you know. You can do things with robots that are illegal with people. So... It's it's very. I wonder if in all the U.S. states where you're not allowed to do sodomy, if you had performed sodomy on a robot, if that was illegal. I'm just wondering. I wonder if there's any ways to deke around the law for those guys out there. And one of one of the other things that uh, I'm curious about is how do we create intimacy in a time when there is very little uh, human contact, like. I can say in the last 20 years, the I mean, I Skype people more because I like seeing their faces when I talk to them. Um, but without something like Skype or Zoom or any of these video chat situations, um, you know, texting, I think it all started with uh, pagers, right? Call, 
this number or whatever. I never had a pager, I don't know, but I think it started with the pager where things started to becoming more and more um, distant, you know, and you would send your, I think that's when all the LOL and WTF started was you paid by the letter or something. So you go with a pager or maybe original texting was very expensive. I can't remember because I only got, truly, I only got a cell phone in the last 10 years. Um, I am so no 14 whatever it was like 2004 when I got a cell phone Um, and I only ever got my first and very own computer in 2013 so um, yeah I'm like not that mechanically or technically um, involved it's funny I am in some ways because some of the work I do actually does involve technology but I don't uh I don't go out and buy the latest greatest. I don't have a robot lover and I actually prefer people. Like I prefer human contact. Call me crazy. I like to be around people and I can actually, you know, touch them and squeeze them up good. That makes me happy. And I really wonder how do we create intimacy? How do we choose that um in, in a time, too, when there are so many people who who feel duped by technology, who feel like, well, they found a relationship online and they got messed up or screwed over or whatever. So they're not even, they A, they don't trust the technology, but they don't even trust their own choices with the technology. So now what are they going to do? How do you get in a relationship? How do you have anything more than uh, one-night stands? I... I'm really curious about what people are choosing um, so that they can create beyond the one-night stand, so they can create a future with relationships, so they can have the intimacy, so they can have excitement, so they can bring back the pleasure that I swear there's only so much robot sex you can have before your body actually wants human contact. Bodies require it. They're electrical. They're electromagnetic-like things. And basically, we're walking little you know, energy packets. And when we come in contact with little other energy packets, we spark and we're like, spark. Um, Yes, robots have their own technical energy, uh, whatever, run on some kind of maybe uh, lithium batteries or something. I don't know. But whatever those, those robots are run on, it's a different energy, people, and you know it. So touch, um, and they've said it so many times, that touch is highly required. We know that from all kinds of studies about babies. I could go on and on about this forever, apparently, because I have, and I haven't even gotten to the post-apocalyptic sex, zombie sex. Who knows where that's going? I don't think I'd choose zombie sex, but I'm just, I'm just saying anything's possible in the post-apocalyptic future. But what right now um, is something that you can choose to create more intimacy for you and your life in the future. Thanks for listening to the show. I look forward to having you on with me next week. Thank you for choosing to listen to The Pleasure Zone. Milica Yelenich will return next Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by choosing to be turned on and tuned in to your body.